one to Real Life, Real Equity with your host Justin and the lovely Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hey and welcome everybody. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All right. Thank you for joining us with another episode of Real Life Real Equity Podcast. All right. So this week, we're going to continue to talk about how to flip a house. But before we get into what our topic is for today, we want to go over briefly just some wins and losses for the week. Right. So, uh, you know, we, uh, as you may have known, uh, Keisha was in the hospital. She <laughs> had a baby. Yes. And there's a lot of things that come along with entrepreneurship that you don't expect. We actually planned for this a little bit, but we also had some stuff come up where we wanted to record a podcast a little bit closer to uh, the due date. So it's a little bit more relevant. We like to keep our, our podcast fresh. So, you know, we're not recording this eight weeks ago. So right. we did that with this last podcast um, uh, because we had a guest. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it just so happened that the guest, the timing of the guest, it conflicted with the due date of the baby. Yes. And so we did the interview. Keisha had the baby. And then three days later, even though, you know, we talked about it and we tried to figure out a different way, she plowed through and edited a podcast after she got out the hospital having that kid. Right. I think I'd be up anyway. Yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> you're going to be up anyway. We might as well edit a podcast right now. Um, but that's reality, though. I mean, you know, she didn't let her circumstance slow her down, even though I was the one saying, hey, just chill out, relax a little bit. And she's like, no, you know, we're going to get this done. Yeah. Uh, and that's just her mentality, you know, get it done by any means necessary. Right. Right. I just I'm one of those people. I just I can't really sit still as right. it is anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have time frames um, as an entrepreneur, your goal is to try and meet those time frames. Right. But so. the reality is we still were, you know, we're exhausted and tired and, you know, she's mm-hmm. not superwoman. So, you know, she, no. she edited the podcast. Uh, and then stopped. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, fell asleep and did her thing. But I mean, it's it wasn't a scenario where, ah, yes, I'm awake and I'm fully functional and I'm happy and excited and I'm editing this podcast and, you know, I'm firing on all cylinders. It took us something like three or four hours to think of something that was super simple mm-hmm. that, you know, should have been in a normal <laughs> day with plenty of sleep. We would have gotten like 15 minutes, yeah. Right. It took us three to four hours because we had been sleep deprived the night before. Mm -hmm. We we had (laughs) every hour. Right. When we finally got to it, it was like, is that what we were saying the whole time? So anyway, so let's get to the topic today because we, you know, of course, we always want to start you with something real, right? Right. We always want to give you some kind of dose of reality, but 
you came here to learn about house flipping and uh, we want to deliver on that promise. So it was in part one that we discussed money for the acquisition and it was money for startup. In this part, part two, we are going to talk about how to find the actual property. Now, the actual property includes two things. One, the market. Two, is the actual property itself. So there's a couple of things that you want to think about, and we're not going to try to go into exhaustive detail on exactly what it is you want to look for in a marketplace and exactly what it is you want to look for in a property. So in other words, just a quick question uh, for you. Does the person have to be physically in the place to flip in that market? And that's a really good question. A very good point. If you have the time you have the money, you have the resources to go and explore a different market, go do so. Right. Pick a market based off of some things that we're going to talk about today. If you do not flip where you are, yeah. because it does not matter if you're in Tennessee or you're in New York, you're in California, you're in Kansas. It doesn't really matter. Right. What matters is if there is a person living there, somebody's made some money. Right. And so you just have to figure out what that is that they've done and replicate it. When it comes to the market, you want to look at the industries that are in the marketplace. Like I said, the Walmarts, the Dollar Generals. In some markets, there's major Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 50 companies. Mm -hmm. And you look at that. You look at what the approximate net inflow, net outflow is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this statistical research you can get from city-data.com. Mm -hmm. You can get it from BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics.gov. A lot of these things, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of it is free. Yeah, yeah. Free access. Of, yeah, a lot of the access is free, especially when it comes to government websites. The census.org mm -hmm. is a government website. You can find a lot of information about cities and uh, counties and information about what's going on in those cities right. from the government entities that are putting this information out. So pretty much just breaking it down even a little further, that information is going to give you how many people are in that area. Right. It's also going to give you the income average for that area. Right. And then it may even go further into detail as far as maybe even like crime rate in right. the area. Right. Exactly. When I mentioned there are other markets that are good for flipping and then are just okay, we like to use the example of the Kentucky versus the uh, New York. Yes. Now, I chose these two markets because... I think it gives a big enough contrast that you will understand what I'm going to say right now. So uh, let's just say that you might want to flip in a market that you could make 200 grand in. Mm. But in the same scenario, it'll cost you one to two million dollars to acquire and rehab that property. Now, that would be like a New York scenario flip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Kentucky, you may only make 20,000 a flip and it costs you 100 grand to purchase. Right. But in Either case, it's a matter of preference. And again, it's a matter of time and resources. When I look at the numbers, one gives you a bigger profit. The other gives you a bigger percentage of profit. So what I'm saying is, if I look at the Kentucky property, it looks like it's going to be somewhere around a 20% return on the project cost. Whereas New York is a 10% project cost. But the New York gives you a bigger return with that hypothetical $200,000 profit. Whereas Kentucky is only $20,000. But again, it's a matter of preference. And it's only going to be determined by what you have the time and resources to do. Right. So it sounds like you're going you're gonna to go with where the money makes sense. Right. One of the things that I, I read in a book, um, and I don't remember exactly what book it was. I'm accredited to Think and Grow Rich because it probably was that. But uh, 
They said in the book, look around you and mm-hmm. see all of the opportunities, see all of the buildings. If you can see something around you that resembles some kind of structure or infrastructure and it is not just terrain, mm-hmm. God made terrain, <laughs> then somebody's made some money there. Right. If you have a farm, somebody's making money there, yeah. whether it's subsidized, whether it's, it's pure profit. I'm not saying we're not getting into the economics of it. I'm just saying somebody is there right and surviving and needs a service and so when we say you can flip in any location a lot of times flipping gives the perception that you have to buy low and sell really high whereas sometimes you can go out and create your own inventory mm-hmm. you don't yeah. have to just flip something that's existing you can create your own thing that's called development and yeah. that's a lot of times flippers get into development and development gets into bigger developments and then they you know hold some of their developments as uh, investments and they keep their business growing flipping is a business first right. and foremost and so if you don't understand business uh, the likelihood is that you will need to learn something about business to succeed right Okay, so again, look at the industries, look at what the net flow, inflow, outflow is of the area. Look at the demographics. Think about the psychographics. All right. So our education tip of the week is demographic and psychographic. So demographic is defined as the statistical data relating to the population and particular groups within it. All right. And psychographic is the study and classification of people according to their attitudes aspirations and other psychological criteria especially in market research all right so what does that mean like how can we actually implement this so we're going to talk about demographic and psychographic information but when you start to think about flipping a house i want to change a perception that a lot of people have a lot of people think they're going out and they're buying property right you're not what do i mean when you are doing a flip project, you are buying and selling to a demographic. Mm-hmm. You're buying into investing in a demographic. And so wherever you decide to flip, understanding who your demographic profile is and then understanding how they think is going to be vitally important to the success. And this is where your business savvy will come in. Right. Which is why I said flipping is a business. So when you start to think about your demographic information, you want to understand who it is you're flipping to. You know, are you flipping in a $200,000 neighborhood? Are you flipping in a $150,000 neighborhood? Are you flipping $50,000 homes? Are you flipping million dollar homes where the median home price is $150,000? Are you building custom homes? Are you building ground up construction? Are you building spec homes? All of these things play into your demographic and who you're going to end up servicing with your property psychographic stuff whenever you're flipping your house let's just say you're in a $250,000 neighborhood where the median home price is $200,000 so you're in a nice middle class neighborhood right Right. there are certain psychological things that an a middle class buyer expects like granite perfect example granite (laughs) they expect nice granite countertops Mm -hmm. they would not go into a house and buy very rarely Will they buy laminate countertops? Okay. Uh, You might have some level of custom cabinetry in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hardwood looking tiles. Flooring, flooring, you know, specific flooring to that area. Whereas if you were in a million dollar house, the psychographic profile is much different. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be marble now. Right. Yeah. So like more details into your architecture. That's right. So you might be looking at 
way more detailed crown molding and right. trim and you know you might be looking at the different kinds of kinds of doors right you know there's a whole bunch of different things that you will be considering based off of your demographic and psychographic profile mm-hmm. so with that being said that was your educational tip of the week by the way if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter you may do so by going to our website at realliferealequity.com submit your name and email and you will continue to get updates on our podcast and any other information that we have going on and we always talk about a lot of different books so a, a new feature that we have on the website is our featured book list where we have a listing of those books that we do mention during the podcast sweet okay All right, so the next thing is finding the actual property in the location you're in. Now, there's several things to consider. Not all properties are equal. Let's just use an example. Now, my first property, it was a three-bedroom, two-bath house, 1,200 square feet. I chose the property because of the location and the price. It was perfect for me, and it met all my goals at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, one of the great ways for finding properties is obviously the free search engines like Zillow Mm -hmm. and Trulia and Realtor.com. They're an excellent source for doing market research. Right. They're not an excellent source for evaluating all your deals and getting all your questions answered. So there's a misconception in real estate. And uh, the misconception is that you pay as a buyer for a realtor. That's not true. Hmm. You get the services of a realtor because whoever the seller is paid for the services of not only their listing agent, they pay for the services of the buying agent as well. Right. So you get the ancillary benefit of being able to sit down with a realtor, look at a home, understand the home, let that realtor's professional experience take you through and guide you through the process of purchasing uh, that home. Yeah, that's a really big deal. Yeah, but the goal is to not waste their time. Now, I was a realtor at one point, and mm-hmm. this is not to make light of a realtor's job. Realtors have a very difficult job. Mm-hmm. They have to keep the consumer happy, and they have to be able to show enough properties to keep the consumer engaged. Right. The goal for an investor is not to create realtor fatigue. What realtor fatigue is, is where you go out and look at so many properties that the realtor is tired of showing you properties. Mm-hmm. You want to do your due diligence beforehand because you're a professional now. Right. You don't have time to go look at 100 different properties. You need to be able to evaluate all your properties up front before you ever talk to the realtor so that that way when you go talk to the realtor, you can get the story versus the information that is freely available to everyone. Time is definitely of value when That's it right. comes to a realtor. Absolutely. Let's talk for a minute about that because, you know, team is one of the biggest things you can think about when it comes to flipping a house. And again, the actual property itself is a huge deal, but your realtor team is going to be a huge part of that. So make sure that you find a good realtor. One of the things that I always look for in a realtor is making sure that they have some level of experience with investors Mm -hmm. or as an investor themselves. Yeah. If they don't have that, find somebody else. Yeah. There are statistics out there. I couldn't tell you how many realtors are in your area, but you go ask a realtor, I bet you they could. (laughs) Yeah. They, They could tell you, hey, how many realtors are in the area? I know when I was a realtor in Florida, I was actually a realtor in Daytona Beach and there was something like one in every three people in Daytona Beach had a real estate license. Yeah. An active real estate license. I mean, if you were to walk up to three people, one of those three people would have a real estate license. Yeah. That's pretty saturated. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason for me saying that is if you can't find somebody on your first couple of times 
who has had investing experience or who works primarily with investors, keep looking because you'll find one. And the goal is not to work with somebody who's never worked with an investor because you will pay the price for their education. Yeah. The other thing that you want to think about is, again, when you're looking at the property is the actual material that goes in the house. Now, we talked a little bit about this Mm -hmm. in the psychographic and the demographic profile because there's certain things that go into a house that is specific to that house. Right. Uh, your demographic and your psychographic profile will be the thing that determines that. But let's just use some real life examples. Okay. So if you're in a neighborhood where there are only one car garages or no car garages, you wouldn't flip a house with no garages and only one car garages and put two car garages there unless you had extra money. And you want to create some kind of crazy, unique selling proposition. Right. Now, a lot of times what I do is try to maintain and not go above. You don't want to go. You never want to go too far above what the neighborhood standard is mm-hmm. because you'll stick out. You don't yeah. want to stick out. You want to find the ugliest house yeah, in the nicest right. neighborhood mm-hmm. and then create that to be the nicest house in the nice neighborhood. Right. So the ugliest house on the street is what you're looking for. Right. And then you're trying to make that just a little bit nicer than the rest of the house that's already there. That's right. And it brings the value of the neighborhood up. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make it into a luxury property. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of reasons why. And and again, I think we can get into some stuff that is some weeds that we really don't want to go into where you start (laughs) knocking down. We're talking about tear down and rebuilds and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at comps that are within a quarter mile radius. I'm not going to go into all of that because... There's an argument that can be said for any way to make money. There's hundreds of ways to make money in flipping houses. The goal is to get you the education so that you can ask, again, the right questions. questions, Like we always say, get the right questions so that you can get the right answers. I'm not here to give you the exhaustive list of everything you can do as a house flipper. So again, looking at the demographic and psychographic profile, it'll tell you a lot about what you will need inside of that house. You know, we use the example of the one car and the no car garages. Mm -hmm. Let's use the example of, uh, say, all the houses in the neighborhood have laminate countertops. They're $50,000 houses that are selling for $75,000. Every house in the neighborhood has laminate countertops and standard cabinets that just are regular cabinets that you buy from a big box store. Mm -hmm. You might not put custom cabinets and granite in there. You may. If you you are building a big enough business, you can build some economies of scale that would allow you to do some things in neighborhoods that you normally wouldn't do. It just depends on how big your business is. But again, being able to understand what your demographic expects and then to outperform what they expect is always going to be the key. And then you're also being resourceful in the process when you are picking those different items for right. that house. Yeah. We went to a big non-for-profit chain where you can get used house materials. Right. And I, you see this a lot with like the HGTV stars. They'll go to these consignment shops and go or or big warehouse Mm -hmm. uh used shops uh, where people donate their old fixtures and doors and tile we went there Mm -hmm. and found some very very nice tile you can find some very nice materials for very inexpensive and use your creativity Mm -hmm. to decorate a house and make it really nice because on the back end that'll cut your expenses absolutely and the goal is to control expenses to reduce where you can without compromising your standards right All right. So lastly, uh, when it comes to looking at the actual property, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning. It was looking at how many days on the market and what the median price is. Right. Uh, You want to understand what the median price of each home is in that marketplace and then determine what you want to do. 
you know, we can talk a lot about whether or not you want to do spec or custom homes or, you know, build ground up construction or just redevelop and flip houses that are already there and existing. Mm -hmm. The goal is, though, to figure out what the market wants and then deliver what the market wants. Mm -hmm. What is the median price? And then where will you be? Do you want to flip houses in a $150,000 neighborhood? Do you want to build million dollar houses? It's all about what you want to do. It's your preference. That's the thing about being an entrepreneur, especially in house flipping. You can do exactly what you want to do and you don't have the rules or the confinements of operating in someone else's system. Right. It's an open range. That's right. It's an open range. You create your own system. Uh, So as we wrap up finding your first flip, we talked about the market and we talked about finding the property itself. Right. So then we also highlighted the demographic. Um, So you're pretty much selling to the person on the other side. Right. You're not not just buying a house. Not just buying houses. And then the psychographic. What that person is thinking when they're buying their house. What are the things that they expect when they're buying their house? Right. Okay. So last we talked about the property itself. What are the things that the area is calling for? As far as materials are concerned, what is the expectation in that area? Making sure that you find the ugliest house and make it into a nicer, much nicer house. Mm -hmm. Try to make it the nicest house on the block is actually the goal. Right. And then consider what you want to flip to. What you want to flip. You know, do you want to flip custom homes or build custom homes, ground up construction, develop spec homes, uh, you know, and then consider the example of the Kentucky versus New York flip. Right. And if you have the resources to explore the markets, that's going to also be a a determinant in what you do in your flipping business. Right. So make sure you have an overall goal in mind as you're moving forward um, with your business. Exactly. And make sure that you understand that flipping is a business. So we want to thank you for listening. We want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to actually show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to you joining us again next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.